Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 17 of 211's Baseball Talk. My name is Dylan Baker, alongside, you guessed it, my father, Chris. Here's what we have on the menu for you guys today. Manny Machado signs a 10-year, $300 million deal with the San Diego Padres. Marcus Stroman demanded for an extension this weekend. We got a rant coming up for you. And we have a 2019 prediction show today. So let's get right into things. Chris, how are you this fine Thursday? I'm great. Uh, did they really guess that it's me, though? Because you seem to always have guests, and now I'm not sure that uh, you can say you guessed it. You're alongside your father, Chris, because you have lots of great guests this uh, past few episodes. I have, indeed, and those guests were amazing. Great, great people. Always great to talk baseball with them, and hopefully we can have them back on soon. But let's get right into things. Well, I aim to please today, Dylan. We'll see. If I can do anything as well as Mike Wilner last week, then I will be super happy. <laughs> let's get right into things, though. Uh, Tuesday afternoon, Manny Machado signed a 10-year, $300 million deal with the San Diego Padres. So the team that we didn't think was going to sign Machado signed Manny Machado. Machado signed one of the biggest deals in baseball history. I think it was actually the biggest deal in baseball history making $30 million per year with incentives, I believe. With a now stacked infield, in my opinion, with all the prospects coming up, how much closer does this make the Padres to winning, or are they just going to be, you know, the Padres? Well, I called it. I said Machado. You years. did not. Yeah, I said Machado 10 years to the Padres, $300 million exactly. I called it exactly. When did you call that? <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, I don't think anyone called this one, Dylan, and this is uh... – I mean, certainly Padres showed interest, but everybody kind of just rolled their eyes. Because it's the um, Padres. And, you know, look, this is what I'm going to say about this. Uh, This is exactly the discussion we had around episode eight, seven or eight, uh, when we talked about uh, Bryce Harper potentially with the Blue Jays, obviously not actually with the Blue Jays, but why the Blue Jays should pursue him. This is the San Diego Padres doing exactly that a stacked system ready to come up and they've loaded up a veteran presence. Is he the best veteran presence for the clubhouse? That remains to be seen, but he is a veteran presence, a superstar. This is how you do it. This is what I was saying in episode seven or eight. And I am going to repeat it again. These teams that have up and coming stars are ready to compete when they have also a superstar and they go after and spend the money. And that's just the way this is. This is a guy who's going to be, for the most of the 10 years, pretty good. Yes, you're probably going to take a a bath on the last two or three years, and he's not going to be as good as he once was. But you're looking at five, six years of great Manny Machado performance, something the kids can learn from that are coming up, as you said, stacked infield, topped off by a Manny Machado. I mean, can the Padres really go wrong here with this deal? I'm not really sure they can. Uh, I don't think they can either because it's Manny Machado. He's a tremendous player as much as I do hate him for all the crap he did in the uh, playoffs last year. But I do think this is a great signing for the Padres. And um, honestly, don't be surprised if Machado does stick it out till 35. I don't think it's going to be two years. I think it's going to be one year. I think maybe his last year on the deal, he will be done and not as good as he used to be and maybe become a Trotulowitzki at worst. Well, if he uh, follows the timeline of a Josh Donaldson, like, look, I mean, look at that. That that would mean that you're right. His last two years would be, you know, sort of the ones where he's a little sketchy on his results. And even then, still could perform. So 
it's not a bad deal. It's not. I mean, people look at these 10-year deals and, and yeah, and Albert Pujols' 10-year deal is an albatross because he was just going to be too old at the end of that deal. And this one is not that case. And I believe, too, that Bryce Harper is going to be even better. And, and that's why it's just asinine to me that nobody's signed Harper yet and that a team like even the Blue Jays wouldn't even kick the tires. I get it. He's probably not going to come to Toronto. I understand that. And I know that all the people on Twitter would, would light me up for saying Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper. But the reality is the Jays should at least kick those tires, and I don't believe they even have. I don't think they have either, and I don't think it would be that bad of an idea to do so. Now, we do have a packed show today with the 49 prediction, prediction show, so we'll just move right along into Marcus Stroman because I know we're going to spend some time on this one. <laughs> Sunday, Marcus Stroman made himself a very – very available to the media, having a 20-minute exchange with reporters. Stroman discussed everything from his health to his future with Toronto, all the way even to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Some of the highlights include critiquing the league's approach to signing veterans, dishing details on contract negotiations with the front office, and practically saying that if he leaves, it's not his fault, it's the front office's. Well, by the way, I left out that he says he's, he embodies Canada like no one else does. Um, Stroman has never been one to mince words, but this guy hasn't honestly been a beast over the past few years, with the exception of 2017, where he was mediocre, I guess. You could give that to him. He was pretty good. Uh, Trash-talking your team's management has never led to extensions, ever. Prime example, Jose Bautista, 2016. Josh Donaldson, 2017 offseason. So what does this mean for Stroman, his trade talks, and contract negotiations? I ask you this, and then give me your reactions. (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, I think this means a lot of different things for Stroman, but uh, not the least of which is that his days as a uh, Toronto Blue Jay are numbered. There's no question mm-hmm. about that. Um, and, and it's not necessarily because Stroman loves Stroman and Stroman is uh, is a, well, I mean, I, I mean, we got to mince words, I guess, on this podcast. It's a family show, Dylan. But, he's, <laughs> uh, but he is one of those guys that you just love to hate just because he is um, extremely, extremely arrogant. and uh, Wow. Um, uh, thanks. And another breaking news. <laughs> yeah. It is Thursday, February 21st today. <laughs> exactly. And he, and he is. And, and, and that's the reality. This is the kind of crap you're going to get from Stroman all the time. It, it, it's, it's a clubhouse nightmare. Um, I think, though, that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Charlie Montoyo pull him aside and say, don't pull that garbage again. Um, but do you really think, sorry to interrupt, do you really think that Charlie Montoyo is going to have that big of an influence on Stroman? I didn't, I don't think he's going to have an You can't change a guy like Stroman who looks in the mirror and wants to kiss himself. But you, <laughs> you, you can at least get him to zip it. And that's the, that's the key. And, the, and all Montoyo has to do is threaten the ability to start. And, uh, I mean, Montoyo's had experience with using the opener. Use the opener and Stroman spot a couple times and teach yeah. him a lesson. You know, there's a lot. If you're going to end up having Stroman on the roster, which I think initially for the beginning of the season you're going to have because he just had such a garbage 2018 that nobody's going to take this guy. And nobody in their right mind would give this guy an extension for the results he's put up last year. And I don't care what people say on Twitter. Oh, everybody hates on Stroman because he's, he's you know, a good player who – who, who is confident in his abilities and that confidence will get him somewhere. I get that. That confidence is way over the top. He's a clubhouse nightmare. And, and the other problem is he had, does not have the results to back up his words. 
If he did, it's a little different. You still might hate him, but you understand, hey, you're a top-of-the-rotation guy. I guess you can chirp like that. If he's a Justin Verlander, Verlander can say things. Marcus Stroman, here's a newsflash. You stunk last year. Keep your mouth zipped, and that's it. Tell us how you really feel. Wow. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's how I feel because, you know, the problem is he's not affecting just his own results, his own uh, contract status. He's affecting the entire clubhouse when he goes up there. Kevin Pillar said he didn't necessarily agree or disagree with Stroman's comments. But what he was really saying is, I am not going to support my teammate. Because normally what would happen is your teammates would rally around you and support the types of things that you've been saying. Pilar didn't deny what Stroman was saying, but he wouldn't support it either, which in my, my eyes and in my opinion is a denial. I think there's a lot of problems going on around Stroman, and I think the Blue Jays would be best to find a, a solution and move him somewhere. I would definitely agree with that. I mean, when you post a five ERA and then go and trash talk your team, I safe to say. I think it's safe to say to uh, say. Uh, I think it's safe to say that you are pretty much too low level clubhouse cancer, and that's saying something. Yeah, but Tulo wasn't though. Tulo was not a clubhouse cancer. He believed in his own abilities, and that's fine. But, but can't he... you can't you make the same argument for Marcus Stroman? Yeah, but but Tulo wasn't throwing it in people's faces. He wasn't doing the same things that Stroman's doing. He said. And, he and... said. He, he listen. Listen, he said that he was not going to play. He'd pack his bags and go if they put a young shortstop in his position. Tell me that's not cancerous. <laughs> Tell me that honestly. Uh, well, it might be, but, but the reality is in there he was well-liked. I don't think Marcus Stroman was liked or is liked in the clubhouse. I just don't think so. Aaron Sanchez won't even talk to him still. And who knows what happened there? They used to be besties. I think Stroman just became full of himself. And Sanchez probably couldn't take it. I know there was other rumors of girlfriends and things like that. But the reality is uh, there's a reason that Sanchez isn't talking to him. There's a reason that a lot of the guys don't talk to him. And I just, I don't think that same thing happened with Tulo. I know that he was close with Marcel Martin. He was close with Josh Donaldson. Yes, saying I'll force my way onto the thing is, is going to upset uh, Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins, but I don't think Saint it upset the clubhouse, right? And so that's where I think the difference is here with Stroman and, and Tula. I guess you can make that argument. So moving on to our main topic today. Uh, we've been playing this for a while now, actually, is this will be the 211's Baseball Talk 2019 prediction show. All the main storylines for the past week are now done. It was, a, it was an eventful week. Uh, so here we go, looking to the future. Let's start with divisional predictions. Off the NL West, we have the Dodgers going 95 and 100. Or, sorry, <laughs> my bad. Uh, having 95 to 100 wins uh, with Corey Seager returning, and it's a weaker division this year a little bit. Um, they're still a great team. The Rockies finishing in second with 84 to 88 wins. Daniel Murphy joins the team. The growth of Kyle Freeland and Herman Marquez will certainly help them. The Padres in third with 80 to 87 wins. Tatis is going to lead the young army that they have. Uh, they have a rebuild going on that's nearing its end, and they just signed Manny Machado, so that'll certainly boost their chances. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, 77 to 82 wins. Very close to the Padres, but to me, the Padres, the, the ceiling is a lot higher 
Uh, and the Diamondbacks don't really have any more big pieces. AJ Pollock is a member of the Dodgers. Paul Goldschmidt is a Cardinal. They don't have any reason that they would be a good team this year. And the San Francisco Giants, 65 to 72 wins. Just overall a bad team. Too old needs to, com- and they need to completely flip the uh, flip the roster around. Thoughts on the predictions? I think they're good predictions. I think you're right. NL West has flushed the baseball toilet and. And, and the San Francisco Giants and the Arizona Diamondbacks are circling the bowl as we speak. Uh, but they, but the other three predictions I like. I, I don't know that I'd go Padres third. I think by the Machado signing and the amount of talent coming up for them, I would not at all be surprised if they end up second and maybe even challenge the Dodgers for a division win. That's not too far. Well, second, I'll give it to you. Dodgers, that's not happening. I'm going to say there's a shot. Uh, I'm not saying not that's happening. I'm saying there's a shot. And, and I think that I don't think the Rockies will be as close to the Padres as everybody thinks. Uh, and I, I'm going to go, my predictions would be exactly the same as yours, with the exception of I would flip the Rockies and Padres after the Machado sign. Wow. Uh, I, I, you know what? That's not the most ludicrous prediction I've heard. I do think that that'll certainly help them. I just feel like the Rockies have more experience and, uh, I, I think that this they year the Rockies do. Are You're right. They absolutely do. And Arenado has something to prove, right? But, um, but especially because he's going into his free agent year, you know, there's 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 a chance that the Rockies will end up exactly where you're where you're saying they'll be. But I'm saying that the, the Padres, I'm going to give them the edge here, just with the lift that Machado might give them, and also you know with the Tatis coming and a lot of other talent. I, I think it's really really up. I mean, the pitching is going to be the key here for the Padres, for sure. They don't have a ton of it, and, uh, and so that will be the key, for sure. Yeah. Uh, NL Central now. The Cubs win the division in my books, 88-95 to 95 wins. You Darvish returning a full year at Cole Hamels, the young talent. I, mean, I guess you can't really call them young anymore. They're veterans. And, uh, and Chris Bryant, Wilson Contreras, I expect them to have bounce-back years. I think they'll be great. The Cardinals in second with 83 to 90 wins. Big statement here, not putting the Brewers, uh, but the Paul Goldschmidt edition, Gold, Goldschmidt edition. I think I said that right the first time, actually. Andrew Miller helps the bullpen, and the young guns begin firing for them as they have a potent rotation with a lot of young pitchers. If they can stay out of the sophomore slump, I think they're golden. The Brewers, 83 to 87 wins. Uh, they didn't really do much this offseason besides Yasmani Grandal and Mike Moustakas recently. They might need a starter. Uh, I, I just don't feel that they'll be on the same level as the Cubs and Cardinals. The Reds will be in fourth place. A lot of moves this offseason uh, they, that they made to make themselves better. Nick Senzel, their top prospect, will take over center field, and that'll certainly help. But they're in a really, really tough division. I mean, a lot of good teams in the division they're gonna, that are going to be tough to beat. And I think they're going to be close, but no cigar. And finally, the Pittsburgh Pirates with 77 to 81 wins. The rotation is good. Uh, They need more bats, and they could be competing if they were in any other division. Thoughts? Yeah, I think this is a a good prediction you have here. Cubs, Cardinals, Brewers, Reds, Pirates. Uh, I think... um... I think you could see, you know, a battle between the Cubs and the Cardinals very close. Yeah. Uh, I think you could see a Reds team surprise a little bit, but I, I would go with this same prediction. I don't think I'd change up too much. I, I'm really not confident in the Brewers. You know, I'm I not think, either. I, I think the Brewers are certainly feeling themselves like they can do this. 
I, I'm not sure they have the roster to do it to compete with the Cubs and the Cardinals especially, so I see why you have them at third. I'm not even sure that they can compete easily with the Reds, and so I wouldn't even be it's surprised be to see them drop a little bit more. But, uh, but I think you're right. I think third place is pretty pretty fair spot for them to land. Mm-hmm. That's a really tough division. It's one of the better ones. I think it's, it might be in my mind. Nah, no, it's tough to say because there are a couple of good divisions this year. So let's get right into another good division, the NL East. The Atlanta Braves, in my mind, win the division with 92 to 98 wins. Young talent will continue to grow in Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies. The pitching is good. And to me, they're just still the favorites to win the division. The Nationals, uh, 86 to 90 wins. Better overall team with Corbin and others. Harper could put them over the Braves if they do get him because I know they've been in on him. The Phillies, 83 to 90 wins. Uh, Real Muto uh, joins the team. He's a great catcher. They have a somewhat better team. And, I mean, Bryce Harper wins them div- the division. Bryce Harper wins anyone in the, that division. Uh, the Mets, 78 to 90 wins. Um, stronger team this year, a lot stronger, with Robinson Cano, Edwin Diaz, Jed Lowry. But I feel that they have more fall-off potential in this division that they're in because it is a really tough division this year. And the Marlins... 40, 45 to 60 wins. I mean, come on. It's the Marlins. Prediction, thoughts, go. Well, Marlins are going to try to play spoiler all year long. I think you were absolutely right about that. I, I think they're definitely at the bottom. They're going to be at the bottom for a number of years. At least they got rid of that contraption out in the outfield, so that's one <laughs> positive for them. Uh, but, but, I mean, I don't know about – boy, this is a tough division because – I, I I like the prediction. I move the Nats down. I think you've got Braves, really? Phillies. I, yeah, I think you've got Braves, Phillies, Mets, Nats, Marlins. Again, entirely altered by whomever in this division, which I believe this is the division he's going to, Bryce Harper signs. If he signs mm-hmm. with the Phillies, they take the Braves' top spot. If he signs with the Nats, they – I was going to say they take the top <laughs> spot, but I'm going to have to pull that back because, you know what, they've had them for how many years now and can't get anywhere in the playoffs yeah. at least. Um, and, and you know, I just – the Mets, again, they're, they're just the Mets, but I do believe Brody's done a really good job here of building this team. I think he's kind of topped things off. I know Steve Phillips mm-hmm. said that on MLB Network Radio. Uh, this morning, and I think that that is a truth. I think he's finally um, helped to finish off the team. I just don't know that it's a division-winning team in this division. Put them in the AL Central, and it's all theirs. But uh, mm-hmm. but it's not maybe not in this division. And I, I do agree that um, the Marlins sit right at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the one thing that there's no doubt in my mind about the Marlins are going. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked. They break records for most amount of losses. Honestly, I wouldn't. Uh, moving over to the American League in the West is where, we'll be, is where we will begin. The Astros will have 95 to 102 wins in my mind. Michael Brantley is a great addition for them. They're going to continue their dominance. And if Dallas Keuchel returns, which apparently, uh, according to what I've heard today, that, that ship has sailed. But if he does come running back, I think that they might actually win more than 102 games. Uh, the Oakland Athletics, 81 to 95 wins. A really, really, really low. Um, what's, what's, the, what's that? Bottom, I guess. Yep. Uh, of 81 wins. They have a young core, right? Four. Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, um, Ramon Laureano. But 
I don't, I don't think that, I don't know if a rotation led by Marco Estrada and Mike Fires is going to get you too far in the postseason because there's no, no one knows when Sean Manaya is coming back. That hasn't been specifically said to us yet. So once Sean Manaya comes back, maybe I get, I give them at least 83 wins. But for now, 81 wins, between 81 and 95, they can pull off the same miracle they did last year. They are 95 wins in my mind. Uh, the Angels, 78 to 85 wins. Harvey, Cahill, and Luke Roy are all under the radar signings in my mind. I think they have huge potential. But they also, the Angels, do have huge fall-off potential as Harvey has been inconsistent. Cahill is getting older, as is Jonathan Luke Roy. In fourth place, the Mariners, 75 to 83 wins. Somewhat rebuilding right now. They could get all the way to 83, but not expected. And they're not a playoff team. Sorry, Mariners fans. It's going to be one more year of no playoffs. And in last place, the Rangers. I don't think this is a doubt in anyone's mind. 60 to 75 wins. Complete rebuild. Tanking. Going to be awful. (laughs) Well, tell me how you feel about the Rangers. Uh, I agree. I agree about most of this. I I think the Astros are going to be an... um, they're definitely going to win the division, but right? I think that this is going to be a little bit of an overrated team. Uh, and the reason they're going to be overrated is they're going to play 19 games against the rest of the teams in this division each. And it is going to be a mess for those other teams. But I don't think when the Astros get outside the division, they're as dominant as they will be in their own division. And, uh, and so I agree. I think they're going to win this division. Um, I think the athletics can surprise, but I think it's going to be a tug of war between them and the angels for the entire season. Maybe to see a Mariners team sneak up there, but not likely. So. And the Rangers definitely where, where you have them. So I agree with this prediction as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, there's not much to say. I think this is exactly how it's going to fall. Whether the teams have the amount of wins that I expect they will. That's the question in my mind, but, the only challenge for the Astros will be, again, outside the division. And when they're competing against the Red Sox and the Yankees, um, you know, that's where we're going to see maybe a difference there. But but even still, I mean, you know, you look at the other divisions, and I know we're about to, but, you know, it's going to be, you know, the Tigers, the Blue Jays, the Orioles. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're still going to face some lesser competition that could get them to that win total. There's no question. Yeah. Uh, AL Central, weakest division in baseball, shouldn't even be considered a division in my mind. Just kidding. Ouch. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, in first place, I see the Indians winning it 85 to 95 wins, a little bit weaker. They're still somewhat strong, and they have a god awful division. Uh, the Minnesota Twins in second place, 85 to 93 wins, a better team with scope and crews, but they have a disgustingly awful division. Uh, the Chicago White Sox, 72 to 82 wins, depends on Eloy Jimenez. And younger prospects really hurts that they missed out on Manny Machado. That is awful for them. The Kansas City Royals, 55 to 65 wins. They have a weak system, somewhat weak system. They're trying to rebuild right now. Uh, If prospects, sorry, uh, the Royals fans have to suffer for one more year. And in last place, the Tigers, 50 to 65 wins. They could be a tiny bit better with a healthy Miguel Cabrera. But otherwise, no thoughts. Yeah, I think uh, I think this particular prediction is accurate as well. Um, I think again, where you might see a bit of a change is if, for whatever reason, Harper decides to go to the White Sox. Again, you know my opinion uh, on that. Pulled out of the Harper sweepstakes after they lost Machado. Oh, okay. Well, then if that doesn't happen for them, I don't even necessarily see them in third. 
However, uh, you know, I, I mean, I still, I think I would flip the Royals and White Sox. I agree. I know that the Royals have lost some players, but uh, I can't see the White Sox in third. I mean, I know this is a terrible division overall, no matter what, but mm-hmm. White Sox in third. I think the Tigers can challenge for second last, if that's something that's even interesting to follow <laughs> during the year. But, uh, but I think they could. I don't, I don't know. This one's a little tougher when it comes to the bottom of the division. I think Cleveland knew going into this offseason that they had this division wrapped up no matter how many players they got rid of, and I think that's hilarious. But, uh, but boy, did they not plan for the playoffs because that team will get steamrolled in oh, the yeah. playoffs. They are going to get destroyed in the playoffs. It'll be another first-round exit. Don't know what was going on in the front office there. Moving over to our favorite division, the American League East decided to Save the best for last. In first place, the Boston Red Sox to me, 98 to 103 wins. A likely departure of Craig Kimbrell will not help them. And it's a little bit of a better league, so over like the American League. So I do expect their win total to fall off from 108 to, and get this, 98 wins. Wow. Tragic. It's a big um, drop-off, though. That is a big prediction of a drop-off. 10 wins. Yeah, I know. Um but uh, they still have a great team. The New York Yankees, 96 to 102 wins, as much as it does pay me to say this because I can't stand the Yankees. James Paxton is going to help them tremendously. A full season of Jay Happ's going to bolster that rotation. Zach Britton and Adovino dominate the bullpen in a pen that already has Dellen Batantis, uh, Chad Green, and, of course, Aroldis Chapman. And uh, they need Gary Sanchez to perform. Otherwise, I don't know if they will hit that 102 win Gary potential. Is scary. No, his Sorry. defense sure was last year. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. In in third place, the Tampa Bay Rays, 85 to 90 wins. Even tougher divisions than last year in my mind. Uh, better league around uh, overall. And uh, was last year a fluky year? Maybe yes, maybe no. Uh, in fourth place, the Toronto Blue Jays, 70 to 81 wins. Tough division still, rebuilding about probably in the middle or near the end, if you're talking about the Blue Jays. If the prospects perform, the ceiling is, is a 500 record. Honestly, if Guerrero, Bichette, if these guys perform to their full potential in their first year, which is unlikely, but if they do, this team might get to 500 by the end of the year. Uh, and in last place, with between 45 and 60 wins, the Baltimore Orioles. Why? And just a reminder, it's the Orioles. Thoughts on the American League East predictions? Well, I think they're pretty accurate. I think that you're going to see uh, – I think you're going to see more of a tug of war this year between the Yankees and Red Sox for first place. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. The thing I think is that – you know, the Yankees rotation, I still, I can't quite go there with them with a CC Sabathia still in there and a J Hap. I mean, J Hap has been great. Don't get me wrong. He was a J, always support J Hap, but he's another year older and so is CC. And I just don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. The bullpen lights out, always lights out for the Yankees. I get that, but. It is just a little bit of a but, worry for me for the Yankees, the evil empire, that they may have a shaky little rotation. They but listen, them. listen, listen. You tell me this team's not going to win 102 games if I tell you that you have an outfield of Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge in there. You have a, a rotation that only has to pitch you five, maybe six innings before your shutdown bullpen kicks in. Like you, you tell me that that team is not going to win 100 games. Because, yeah, the rotation has some 
pieces. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. And I know we're, we're getting tight on time. Uh, why, why not first place then for you? Because the Red Sox is still overall a better team. And, that, and that's where the rotation does kick in. I think the Yankees are going to win a lot of games this year. But the rotation helps the Red Sox because their guys are going to go eight innings and hand it off to Ryan Brazier or Matt Barnes in the ninth inning. Or maybe even Nathan Evaldi. Who knows? Um, and that's and that's going to shut the game down. So I think that the, the Red Sox do win because of the, because of the rotation. But I do think the Yankees are going to win a lot of games just based on the bullpen. All right, I'll go with it. I think yeah. the pro, your prediction's good. I think that uh, you know Tampa Bay. I don't see the Jays exceeding Tampa Bay's record, even if last so. year was a fluke for the the Rays. Um, and and you know what? I agree with you too about the Jays. If the if the prospects perform, we'll see maybe close to a five hundred record. If they overperform, then we'll see just slightly above. I don't think that takes them even into third place, though. So I think they're in the right spot. I think that the Orioles are in the right spot because they're the Orioles, and that's where we're going to leave it. Although I, I will say I do agree with some of their front office improvements, their managerial improvement. Um, you know, but I'm not a big Buck Showalter fan, so uh, I was happy to see him go regardless. Yeah, and uh, and so so there you go. I think the Orioles have yeah. a, have a future, but it's down way way down the road. Mm-hmm. Moving on to player awards, we're only going to do four of these because it's the four main awards, and we're going to be tight on time. So the MVP, my American League MVP pick is Mookie Betts. I believe he was the MVP last year. I, I don't think I'm wrong in saying that. I think he's going to repeat. In the NL, I've got Ronald Acuna Jr. Second year in the bigs. I think this kid's going to dominate. Thoughts? Who are your picks? I like those picks. Uh, I'm AL, I'm you know, I just want to go back to Old Faithful, which is Mike Trout, uh, <laughs> just because I feel like he's had some time now where he hasn't been MVP, and he, it's probably gnawing at him a little bit. Team usually has to make the playoffs, though. That's going to be the thing that just kicks his butt. But, but I mean, he's done it before, and, uh, and I, I just think that he's got an axe to grind. I'm going to uh, it's tough. I, I, I'm going to still say Mike Trout, but I, I just don't know um, know if that's that's going to be my my final prediction. I, you, we might have to revisit this midseason, Dylan. <laughs> and in the NL? In the NL, I could see Acuna Jr. too. I, I could. Um, I, uh, I want to say Arenado, though, because I just think that in a contract year, he's going to be lighting it up across the league, and, uh, and I would expect to see potentially – them at least fighting for a second wild card spot. Mm-hmm. If that team makes the playoffs and he's as good as I think he's going to be this year, uh, that's who I'm going with. Yeah, rookie of the year, American League, no doubt in my mind. I'm thinking Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And kid comes up, kid dominates, kid wins award. Uh, you know, <laughs> I have I would agree with Alonso, a first base prospect from the New York Mets that some, somehow people still don't – a lot of people still don't know about. Alonso's a great prospect who's certainly going to help the Mets down the road, and he could be a reason why the Mets might make it even further than I predicted them to this year. Who are your picks for the rookie of the year in the American League? This one's going to shock you all. And the you NL. Know. Well, my pick for rookie of the year in the American League is Kevin Biggio. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, yeah. just kidding. Uh, it is going to be uh, Vladdy Jr., assuming the Blue Jays don't do something crazy and not bring him up to, like, June. Um, but it, but 
I really don't think if Shapiro and Atkins want to even make it through the front door of the Rogers Center by May first, they're going to have to bring him up by then. Uh, but it's going to be uh, it's going to be Vladdy, I think, on the AL side. I think that's pretty slam dunk unless something crazy happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the NL side, I'm going Tatis. Mm-hmm. I really think uh, I really think this kid's going to be great and. Uh, and you know, I just—he's got the name again. Of what is it? Family names, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, in this year's crop of rookies, but because even you could see a Bichette and Biggio before the end of the year, they won't be rookies of the year. But you might see them. So it's gonna be mm-hmm. an interesting year that way. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Cy Young, American League. My pick, Chris Sale. He finally wins the Cy Young. The guys deserved it for years. I think this is the year he finally gets it. In the NL, Aaron Nola, I think Jacob deGrom is going to be great. I don't think he's going to repeat the year he had last year. I think Aaron Nola, with his new extension, gives you a lot more confidence. Uh, I got Nola winning the Cy Young. Predictions? Uh, my prediction for Cy Young is probably uh, Aaron Sanchez. on the No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, you know, you know what? The thing is, if he could come back, he could fight for it. But he'd have to pull up a 2015-type season again. Um I I like the sale pick. I do like that pick. Um, I'm just trying to think if I would they put anybody ahead of him, but you know, I I just don't. Maybe a, a Severino, but not likely, not likely. So I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say sale as well. I, I think he's got an axe to grind as well. Again, all depends on health. Mm-hmm. And the NL on the injured list. He has to stay off the injured list this year. Yes. I gotta get used to saying that, though. Yes, you do. Because otherwise, uh, we're going to go out of business for the podcast. Just kidding. <laughs> no Stupid longer no. the disabled list, folks. It's the injured nope. list this year. Uh, and uh, on the NL side, I'm going to say DeGrom again. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty safe pick. Repeat. It's yeah. safe, but I think he can repeat. And mm-hmm. uh, I think you've got a Mets team that's better. So, you know, you put some better defense behind him even, and, and maybe he does even better this year. So I, I, I do like that pick. I'm yeah. going to stay there. And finally, for the manager of the year, I have Aaron Boone winning it. I think the Yankees are going to win more games. I think Boone will get the recognition he might have deserved last year. And in the end, on Mickey Calloway, two New York managers are going to get the managers of the year. Calloway is going to lead a new Mets team into battle, and I think they got a great chance at competing this year. Quickly, your picks, please. Well, I don't have a pick for the uh, NL because I just don't know. Um, I don't know who I would say is actually stand. I mean, you could look at a Kapler if the Phillies really knock it out of the park, but um, I'll go with that. I'm gonna I'm gonna mm-hmm. lightly say Kapler right now, mm-hmm. also because I don't want him to destroy me. <laughs> but uh, and if you don't know what Gabe Kapler looks like, folks, look him up. <laughs> look him up. It's like the Hulk times two. But mm-hmm. uh, but on the American League side, I'm also going Aaron Boone. I think uh, I think Booney's going to get it, and uh, I think that's just. I think that goes without saying because I think the Yankees, you're right, are going to have more wins this year and may even win the division. So I'm going mm-hmm. Boone. Safe picks. Well, 2019 will be quite the year in baseball from team turnarounds to 10,000 fans a game to continued champions in the league. Organizations will see glimmers of hope and promise in the future. Some will continue their reign of terror while others will see unfortunate things to come. For the Blue Jays, it will be learning. These kids are coming up and learning the game at the highest level. From disgusting, awful errors to possible Rookie of the Year candidacies, the year ahead will be filled with the joys of the game that we all know and love. So this has been episode Wait, 17. wait, wait. Pause. I want to end the show with a surprise AL MVP pick. Who? Oh. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. None other 
than the New York Yankees, Troy Tulowitzki. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> this has been. Have a good night, everybody. This has been episode 17, Two Loves Baseball Talk. Dylan Baker signing off. See you next week.